الحمد لله رب العالمين والصلاة والسلام على سيد المرسلين وعلى آله وصحبه وبارك وسلم تسليما كثيرا إلى يوم الدين أما بعد قال الله تبارك وتعالى في القرآن المجيد والفرقان الحميد خلق لكم ما في الأرض جميعا Right, let us begin with the hikmah for today in our series on Ibn Ata'illah al-Iskandari's Hikam, uh, the Book of Wisdoms. So today it's we're on starting chapter 17 on companionship, which is a huge influence in our lives. So here we're discussing what is a good companion, a good friend, good company, and what is bad company. So he's got a series of beautiful wisdoms, right? Short, short, almost like tweets, right? Which describe these things in a beautiful way. So in the first one he says, لا تصحب من لا ينهضك حاله ولا يدلك على الله مقاله It's so intuitive this one is. لا تصحب من لا ينهضك حاله ولا يدلك على الله مقاله Do not keep the company with anyone whose state does not inspire you. Do not be in the company of anybody whose state does not inspire you, and whose speech does not lead you to Allah. So that's quite simple. It's quite a simple idea. So this is all about companionship. Who should be your companion? Who, what kind of people should you have around you? What kind of people should you choose as your friends, that you choose to associate with, that you choose to go out with, that you choose to go holiday with, that you choose to sit with, you choose to work with, and I know that we can never be completely perfect in this regard because it's so difficult to find good friends. Some people lose all hope that they can't be any good people in the world and sometimes you have to correct such people that there's always some good people in the world until goodness will continue inshallah, right? There will always be good people. But we have to ask Allah, if you cannot find good people, do not, firstly, do not you can say, write off everybody. Because that's very dangerous. That's a very dangerous attitude. The Prophet ﷺ said, in other words, that if, in the words of the Prophet ﷺ, to paraphrase, he said that if you consider that everybody else is destroyed, they're all messed up, then you are the, the most messed up of them all because of your vision, because of your perspective. So don't ever think that. But at the same time, we also know the struggle of that everybody is not good. And we know this from experience that sometimes we've learned bad things from people. But that's difficult to find the right person. So in these wisdoms, he's going to be talking about what kind of person you should find. So may Allah give us an understanding of this and may Allah allow us to find such people. So what does he mean by man la yunhidu kahaluhu? Anhadu yunhidu inhad who doesn't inspire you, his state doesn't inspire you. What do you mean by inspire you? So, these are the things. <clears throat> a person, he wants us to avoid people who when you see them, they don't remind you of Allah. Let us take it the other way around. That's kind of negative. What kind of person should we be looking for? So essentially, the person that, whose state should inspire us are people who when you look at them, you remember Allah and you just feel like remembering Allah. If you're ever in the state of heedlessness, 
When you see such a person, you want to wake up and do something. You want to get out of your heedlessness and you want to be productive. Or if you're in a state of wanting too much of the dunya, too greedy, when you see such a person, you want to pull back and you want to abstain and you want to suffice and you want to focus on the hereafter. So you don't want to then utilize every one of your moments and every one of your situation, your, your energies and your, your whatever Allah has given you and your resources to just get the dunya. But you're now focused on abstention. And then if you're actually engaged in a sin, seeing that person makes you do tawbah and repentant, makes you feel remorseful. When you see this person, you feel like, oh man, I'm so sinful, I need to make tawbah. They give you hope. They don't, they, don't, they, don't, they don't make you despondent. They give you hope. And if you find these are such people that when you see them, you realize how, how little you know about Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. When you such, see such people and you see their interaction with Allah, what they say about Allah, the way they relate to Allah, then you feel like you don't know anything about Allah. So it inspires you and encourages you to learn more about Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Those are the people that we should be with. And he's saying that if somebody is not like that, then do not accompany them. Allahu Akbar. I mean, who's going to pass in that? Then the next part which he said, and whose speech does not lead you to God. So the first one is just his state, just looking at their demeanor, their behavior, their interaction, the way they lead their life, the way they interact with others, the way they do their job. It could be a person at work. The way they do their job is just so wonderful, so full of character, so full of goodness, so full of beauty. Right? So then the person's speech should indicate towards Allah. So what does that mean? So that is the person who, whenever they speak, they're always referring to Allah. They're speaking according to the way Allah would be pleased. And what they say is always indicative, or always indicating towards Allah. It reminds you of Allah. And it makes you want to shun everything else, to focus on Allah and shun everything else. When he speaks, when such a person speaks, he grips your heart. For the sake of Allah. There's people who grip your heart to do the wrong. This is talking about it grips your heart and captivates your heart. And you just want to just enjoy that moment. Because he's making you remember Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. He's, making, he's giving you food, nourishment. Qutul qulub, nourishment of the heart. If he's silent, then his state reminds you. Even in his silence, he's not speaking. But in his silence, he reminds you of the one who knows all the unseen. So, the idea then, how, does that, how is that going to be the case? That means that even when he's silent, when he's not saying anything, his state confirms whatever he says. So he doesn't do differently, he doesn't say one thing and do another thing, but his state is also a manifestation of whatever he preaches. So, مَقَالُهُ مُوَافِقٌ لِعِلْمِهِ His statements, his words, and his dialogue are in accordance to his knowledge. 
So then the commentary says, فَصُحْبَةُ مِثْلِ هَذَا إِكْسِيرٌ يَقْلِبُ If you find a person like this, it is such an elixir. It is so valuable and so powerful then that is what could actually change and transform things from in their essence. So that is what he is trying to say, that do not then accompany somebody whose state does not inspire you, but in accompany somebody whose state does aspire you, inspire you, and whose words lead you to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So now, this is the basis of tasawwuf. This is the base of spirituality. This is what people are looking for when they're looking for a guide, a teacher, an instructor, a sheikh, a murshid. These are just the different names, right? This is what the Peer Sab was supposed to be. This is where it came from. But unfortunately, the whole concept of Peer Sab sometimes has taken on a very negative role among people because of the abuse that this position can sometimes bring about with it in the non-scrupulous individuals. And I don't have to go through that again. We've got a whole series um, on the zamzamacademy.com which discusses all of that in detail as to what it really is supposed to be. But really, that's what it is. It's about the company because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, Ya right? Be with the truthful ones whose state... And whose words are the same. Kunu Rabbaniin. Be be those associated to the Lord. That's what Allah tells us to do. So generally speaking, when we're left to our own devices, except for the very few people who are so connected to Allah through the Quran otherwise. It's going to be very difficult. That's why good company is very important because humans are social creatures, so that's why you need that. That's why he's encouraging this, that make sure your friends and your associates, your surrounding people are good. That's why some people said, Man la Whoever doesn't have a spiritual guide like that, then shaitan becomes that guide because a lone sheep is always going to be a hazard. That's why somebody else said that a lone insan, a freelancer like that, right? they are like a tree that doesn't grow in an orchard because in an orchard you expect that somebody's going to tend to those trees and they're going to look after it, they're going to prune it and they're going to make sure that they remove the weeds, they're going to make sure that they straighten it, straighten, they, they're going to do the right things and water it. So. What a person who doesn't have good company around them, who does everything on their own, who doesn't have good company, then that kind of a person is like a tree that grows in the middle of nowhere. Wild. And what happens to a wild tree is that it grows all over the place and there's weeds around it. If such a tree is not cut and pruned, then obviously it's just going to be wild. But what should you look for somebody? So now, if you're looking for a sheikh, then what should you be looking for? What you should be looking for is that on a basic level, like on a fundamental level, there, there must be four conditions that any sheikh should have, any guide should have, that you're looking for somebody to benefit from, like in terms of becoming a student of theirs, instead of becoming uh, them becoming your instructor, your mentor. Then they need to have four. One is ilmun sahih, wa dhawqun sarih, wa himmatun aliyah, 
That's what the ulama say. Number one, his knowledge needs to be sound. You can't have exotic, degenerated, corruptive, um, you know, individuals because you're going to have a very special relationship with such a person and you're going to be affected by things that they do. And if they're just extremely liberal-minded in that sense that they just cut so many corners, everything is permissible just so I can get more followers or whatever the case is, then that's just not going to work. That doesn't mean that you have to go to the strictest man on the, you know, on the scene or the most ultra-orthodox as such. You need to go somebody that's balanced, that's recognizable, that is authoritative, that knows what they're doing, and that carries themselves in a religious manner. Right? Not unscrupulously. That's what you call ilmun sahih. And number two, dhawqun sari. So, ilmun sahih says that basically is somebody who's convincing in every aspect in terms of their knowledge and in terms of their obligations. So, they should also be understanding of the spiritual path. Otherwise, how are they going to leave you, lead you on the spiritual path, he says. If they don't understand the spiritual path and you are having a certain state where you've done a number of adhkar or you, uh, you know, a lot of people, what happens is that when they start to shun the dunya, right, meaning to dislodge themselves from it, right, sometimes they go overboard because they think that I must just abandon everything of the world. I must abandon everybody. I must consider everybody to wrong and lowly. Everything brings with it its own difficulties and its own challenges. So the Shaykh needs to be understanding of these. He must have had that experience or know that experience from another Shaykh before him. So that person will be able to tell you that, no, 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 you're doing too much here. Right? You need to take it easy. Or you're doing too little here. You need to supplement with this. You need to do more salawat on the Prophet You need to do less of this dhikr, more of that dhikr, and so on. You need to sleeping earlier at night, you know, you need to stop doing this or you need to start doing this. That's what they should understand all of these things. They should understand the subtleties of the soul, the various different deceptions of the soul, because then they'll be able to tell you about them, tell us about them. And that can only be done if they've had good experience with this through another shaykh. Generally, that's the way it is. And they've been able to make that second nature. That's what the second condition was. Which means that they actually have a second nature of this. This has become their temperament. This is not something that they're just going to be looking in books for, trying to rush around to find out. But this has become their temperament. And number three was Himma Aliya, which basically means a high aspiration. High aspiration. There's lots of people with high aspirations, right? To make money, for example, right? The richest men of the world are like that. That's why they got there. They had huge aspiration. And even if they're very old right now, they still have high aspiration. And some of them, you know, could cause turbulence in other countries and, you know, those kind of things. They got huge aspiration. That's not what is meant here. Huge aspiration for Allah and everything related to Allah. That's what it means. And number four, he has to have hala mardiya, which means satisfied state with Allah. That means istiqama. We've dis discussed istiqama quite a bit, which is steadfastness. So as far as possible, they're, they're, they're very measured. They're not doing crazy things one day, and the next day, they, you know, they, uh, at one moment, they seem to be like really into it, and the next time, they're not into it, right? Sometimes they say some crazy stuff. Sometimes they, 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 say, some, they say some things which make you think that they're the biggest sheikh in the world, but another time, they make you surprised, Right? There has to be some balance. That doesn't mean that it must be dry either. You know, they can joke around a bit. That's the Prophet used to joke, right? Um, so they must have basically been able to combine 
between the Sharia, so they must know the Sharia at least. They don't have to be a full scholar either. They need to know enough to be able to lead their life and help others lead their life. But they must also have the reality of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in their hearts. Anybody who claims to be a shaykh and he's got any of these five signs or five weaknesses or five problems, then there's no way that that person can help anybody else. Number one, al-jahlu bid-deen. That's the biggest one. Ignorance of the deen. Like they don't know the basics of what is halal and haram, what is good and bad. Number two, isqatu hurmatil muslimin. If they are in any way, any way invalidating, cancelling out, destroying, disturbing the sanctity of believers. Like they're bad with believers. Or they are usurping their rights. Or they are abusive to them. Right? Then that they, they can't be. They can't be. Right? Because that's not the way the Prophet ﷺ was. If they're constantly involved in things which are of redundancy, vain pursuits, right? Most of their time is spent doing that kind of stuff. Then that's another problem. That person can't be a shaykh. That person can't lead anybody else. That person can't help anybody else. Following their fancies in everything. So it's all about, oh, that sounds right, let's do that. Not from a Sharia perspective. It's just that, oh, let's make it easy because that's what appeals to the, to the nafs and the soul. This is a very interesting point he brings here. And he has bad character with a careless attitude. With a carefree attitude. What that means is that, look, some people, everybody goes through states. So sometimes somebody could display what some people would consider to be bad character because they got very angry or they're very hungry or they've just had a bad night or they've had some very difficulty because not everybody's like the Prophet ﷺ who was 100% in control in every situation and he knew exactly how to react. That's only the Prophet ﷺ, like perfect control. But... Not everybody has that. Like even when you look at the Sahaba, right? You'll see that sometimes they said something, they did something, and the Prophet said, "No, that's not how you do it." Right? So that's just a very difficult that. So that's why he's saying that if somebody has bad character but with a careless attitude, he doesn't even care that he's got a bad character. That's problematic. A lot of people struggle with harshness, with certain bad character traits, but they're concerned about them. So. They only let go, they only lose it sometimes. So it's not what he says, min ghayri mubalat, without any care. So it's that kind of a thing. If you're going to accompany somebody with these traits, then it's just going to harm you. It's just going to harm you. And that's why in the next hikmah, which we're going to do inshallah next time, he says, Rubbama kunta musi'an fa'araka al-ihsana minka suhbatuk. فَأَرَاكَ الْإِحْسَانَ مِنْكَ صُحْبَتُكَ إِلَى مَنْ هُوَ أَسْوَأُ حَالًا مِنْكَ So inshallah we'll do that one next time. But what it is is that you might be in a bad state, meaning your state may be very lowly one, you're concerned about it. Then you become associated with one who is in a worse state, and that makes you see virtue in yourself. So you stop progressing because you think, I'm better than that one. In fact, I'm better than the shaykh in some aspects. That's what you start realizing.
right? But that could be in any company. That if you're going to be with lowly people, you're going to start thinking you're better. So you don't have to go anywhere because you think I've got enough. Whereas when we see ourselves with better people, we want to aspire to become better. So inshallah, we'll do that uh, in the next gathering, if Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala so wills. But now I want to just give you the commentary of how uh, of uh, Sheikh Abdullah Gangoy, how he, he explains this. Do not keep company with anyone whose state does not inspire you and whose speech does not lead you to Allah. So, he says... There is nothing more beneficial for the, the one wa- wanting to travel the path of Allah than pious companionship. That is the best thing that you can have. I mean, even in a physical journey, if you've got a good company, right, your journey will become wonderful. If you've got bad company, you'll suffer. Because already there's suffering in a journey in itself. Right? And if you've got bad company with that, that's double, triple trouble. Right? So in a spiritual journey, it's very similar. Hence the Shaykh Rahimahullah states the principle in this regard so that the traveler understands the company that will be beneficial and harmful for him. Never choose the company of a man who does not inspire you towards Allah. The state of the companion should be such that his entire attention is focused on Allah. The gaze of his heart should be diverted from creation. In every affair, his complete reliance should be on Allah. In his lofty estimate, Creation should have no significance and no rank. That doesn't mean that he doesn't fulfill their obligation, he doesn't fulfill their rights, he doesn't value them. It's just that that's not who he's pursuing. He's pursuing only happiness of Allah. Obedience to the sacred law in all of his should have become his natural disposition. His speech should guide towards the path of Allah. Such a person is qualified for companionship. And now we're feeling probably very dejected. Where do you find such people? ऐसे लोग कहाँ मिलेंगे, right? कहाँ ढूँढे उनको, कहाँ तलाश करें? वलास कल्ला सुबहानु वताला, यानी आइना नज़िद हाकेदा, right? Where are we gonna find people like this? That's why I believe Allahumma rizqna hubbak wa hubba ma yanfa'una hubbuhu indak is actually a very powerful dua. Oh Allah, grant us your love and the love. Of those whose love benefits us in your court. Then Allah inshallah surround us with good people. So a man who lacks the aforementioned qualities is of no benefit. In fact, his company is harmful. Even if overtly he has the appearance of a saint. Since his heart's relationship is with alien objects, meaning things besides Allah. His companionship is bound to exercise its influence one day on you. And those in his association will be similarly affected by his detrimental influence. So we ask Allah for protection, we ask Allah for good company, we ask Allah for closeness to Him. وَآخِرُ الدَّعْوَانَ أَنِ الْحَمْدُ لِلَّهِ رَبِّ الْعَالَمِينَ اللهم أنت السلام ومنك السلام تباركت يا ذا الجلال والإكرام اللهم يا حي يا قيوم برحمتك نستغيث اللهم يا حنان يا منان لا إله إلا أنت سبحانك إنا كنا من الظالمين اللهم صل وسلم على سيدنا محمد وعلى آل سيدنا محمد وبارك وسلم يا أرحم الراحمين يا جار المستجيرين يا أمان الخائفين يا أمان يا أمان الخائفين يا معدن الجود والكرم يا خير المسؤولين ويا خير المعطين يا الله we ask you for your special grace we ask you for your special mercy we ask you for your special blessing. Ya Allah, shower us with your special forgiveness. Forgive us all of our sins, our wrongdoings, our excesses, 
our shortcomings, our sins, our transgressions, our violences, our infractions. Ya Allah, we've led a life of sin. Oh Allah, purify us. Oh Allah, cleanse us. Oh Allah, forgive us. Oh Allah, do not turn yourself away from us. Oh Allah, do not shun us. Oh Allah, you are our merciful Lord. Oh Allah, you are the most merciful of the merciful ones. You are the best patron. Oh Allah, we can only turn to you. We can have only hope in you. We are despondent of all others except you. Oh Allah, it is only you who is in absolute control of everything. Only you in whose hands is and in whose control are all the hearts. Oh Allah, forgive us of all of our sins, those we remember and especially those that we've forgotten. Oh Allah, do not make it such that on the day of judgment we rise and we find so many sins to our name, hidden deep in our databases, and we've forgotten them and we have not sought forgiveness. So Allah, forgive us all those that we remember and those that we have forgotten. Oh Allah, there are those that we may have not forgotten that we don't realize. Those that have become part of our life now and we actually consider them not to be sins any longer. Oh Allah, there's so much delusion, there's so much ignorance in the world. Oh Allah, there are so many of us who think that we're doing good but we may be doing wrong. That by the good that we think we're doing, we're actually disobeying you. That we're actually contributing to transgression. Oh Allah, do not make us the keys of evil. Do not make us forces for wrong and forces for falsehood. Oh Allah, make us the keys for goodness, forces for piety and righteousness. Oh Allah, accept us for the service of your deen. Guide us aright. Guide us, give us true guidance. Oh Allah, guide us and make us the guides of the guided ones. Oh Allah, make us forces for good change in the world, for productivity. Protect us from laziness, from procrastination, from blatant sins and wrongdoing, from oppression, from wronging others. Oh Allah, from withholding the rights of others. Oh Allah, taking advantage of others. Oh Allah, assist us and help us. Oh Allah, assist us and help us, for there is nobody else that has the power that you do that can enable us to do things in the right way. Oh Allah, suffice us with the halal away from the haram. Oh Allah, due to the abundance of the availability, the ease and the prevalence for so much evil that is so easily available and so many vices that are available and so easily people can acquire them. There is just so much happening where people are disrespecting their spouses. They're disrespecting their parents. Oh Allah, and they're going and they're fulfilling their desires in haram ways. Oh Allah, suffice us with the halal. Satisfy us with the halal away from the haram so that we don't even have to look at the haram. We don't have to consider the haram. We don't have to try to acquire things through the haram method. Satisfy us. Oh Allah, everything that is good for us in this world, you've given us a halal way to do it. But oh Allah, there are haram ways that exist which shaitan causes us to consider our hearts adorned for us. Oh Allah, we ask that you suffice everybody with halal income, halal fulfillment, halal satisfaction, halal food, halal nourishment, halal earnings. Oh Allah, remove this pandemic. 
it is increasing again in various different places. Oh Allah, maybe we haven't learned our lesson. Oh Allah, allow us to become aright. Oh Allah, allow us to become steadfast. Allow us to become corrected. Oh Allah, make this a source of mercy for us. Oh Allah, make this a source of mercy for us. Oh Allah, we believe that you have given us many things. And oh Allah, whatever you have given us, we ask that you grant us gratitude. You grant us the ability to thank you and to use whatever you have given us in the right way. Oh Allah, bless all of those who are listening here. Bless all of those who are listening wherever they may be in the world. Oh Allah, accept our du'as. However, whatever is in our hearts, other du'as that we need answered, that we can't, that we haven't asked you right now. Oh Allah, grant us the best of what you give your righteous servants and protect us from all the evil that you keep away from your wonderful servants. Oh Allah, keep us also away from those wrong things. Oh Allah, protect us against the shaitan, especially his mischief on our deathbed. Allow us to have a good ending, a good life, and make the final parts of our life better than any other part of our life. And allow us to say the kalima, La ilaha illallah, and depart from this world with the eagerness to meet you, with the eagerness to have this meeting with you, and make that the best moment of our life when we stand in front of you, and allow us to enter into your satisfaction, into your perpetual satisfaction in the gardens of Jannat, in the gardens of paradise, in the gardens of Adan, in the gardens of Naim, or in the gardens of Firdaus. Oh Allah, accept from us, bless us and our parents, our teachers, our students. Oh Allah, those who are good to us, those who requested dua from us, those who mean well with us. And oh Allah, allow us to mean well for them. Oh Allah, send your abundant blessings on our Messenger Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam and grant us his company in the hereafter. Subhana rabbika rabbil izzati amma yasifoon. Wa salamun al-mursaleen wa alhamdulillahi rabbil alameen wa rahmatullahi.